the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Taiwan shoots at Chinese drones invading Taiwanese airspace. Oh, I do think they make a move within the next 18 months. Wow. Now, I don't know that it's a military move. A senior FBI agent resigns amid scrutiny of helping bury the Hunter Biden investigation. Whistleblower claims that the FBI had obstructed its own investigation into the laptop. President Biden calls for $37 billion to hire police officers and ban some assault weapons. Months, even over a year now, Republicans have been hammering Democrats over rising crime in cities. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, August 31st. I'm Mike Scott. On Tuesday, Taiwan's military fired warning shots at a Chinese drone that ventured too close to the island. After the incident, the drone reportedly flew back to China. It was the first time warning shots had been fired in such an incident. The tensions between the two nations have been very high since House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to the self-governing island and other visits by top GOP leaders to the nation that China claims as its own territory. K.T. McFarlane, former Deputy National Security Advisor of the United States, joined the Salem Radio Network and says, in her opinion, that China will make some sort of move on Taiwan in the coming months. Oh, I do think they make a move within the next oh, 18 months. Wow. Now, I don't know that it's a military move. Maybe it's, an, maybe it's a blockade, an economic blockade. Maybe it's a massive cyber attack. But they're not waiting. I mean, Xi Jinping, he's, what is he, 70 years old? And he, 70, he's 72 years old, and he, he has declared that in his lifetime he wants to see Taiwan as part of China. And yeah. the real yeah. problem with that yeah. is not just it's economic and military, because if Taiwan is in China's hands, then China militarily controls the entire Western Pacific and the South China Sea. Economically, Taiwan in China's hands controls the manufacture and export of chips, which are in every electronic device anywhere in the world. Taking a look at the ongoing war in Ukraine, there are reports that suggest that Russia is set to shut down its key Nord Stream natural gas pipeline on Wednesday for maintenance, leaving Europe without a main source of fuel until the pipeline restarts. This comes as temperatures begin to fall and the demand for fuel rises. European officials are saying that the continent is facing years of high energy prices and shortages as they clamor to replace Russian imports. Meantime, Russia seeks to increase the size of its military by 137,000 to 1.15 million. According to U.S. intelligence, Russia has lost between 60 and 80,000 troops in its war 
on Ukraine. Retired Major General Mark Hurtling joined CNN and said the reports of Russia calling up more troops tells him that Russia is having a tough time. Truthfully, Michael, it tells me they're in trouble. You know, the, the 137,000 to make that kind of announcement when they're in the middle of a war, uh, and they allegedly say that's going to bring them up to 1.1 million total force. That would be the fifth largest army in the world. That's significant, but there's some caveats to that. They have opened up that recruitment drive from uh, for soldiers, for civilians to become soldiers between the, eight, uh, the year 18 years old to 60 years old. I'm in my 60s, and I know I wouldn't make a very good soldier going right into the force as a new recruit. So that's what they're opening it up to. Hurtling explains that the quality of the troops Russia is calling up really matters. We've also seen them recruiting a lot of prisoners for the Wagner Group. We've seen them looking out to their various provinces to try and get more recruits in. They're offering a significant amount of money, more than they've offered before, And the last thing I'll say is all indicators from the intelligence community is most of their units on the front line of Iraq are at very low strengths. 70%, 60% are lower. So are are they just going to put these new soldiers that they recruit uh, through the basic training uh, that they have, which truthfully is not very good, and then send them right out to a unit to try and learn combined arms operations, which are very difficult, without any additional training. If that's the case, they're going to be in trouble. Hurtling goes on to say that the leadership in the Russian military is tainted by the corrupt nature of Russian politics. So their training and their leader development is absolutely horrible. It's dysfunctional in terms of the way they conduct uh, training and exercises. I've seen many of those as the commander in Europe. I've been to some of their exercises. And what they really are are demonstrations, and they're highly scripted, number one. Number two, their leadership programs, how they develop their young leaders uh, to, to, to lead troops, but also their senior and mid-level leaders, their officers, is just not very good anymore. And then you add to that, you're talking about being in an organization, working in a political system that is highly corrupt. The West Coast is bracing for some of the hottest temperatures of the year, as a heat wave is set to hover over the western part of the U.S. through Labor Day. Heat alerts are popping up all over from Southern California to the San Joaquin Valley, even into parts of the Northwest, impacting about 55 million people. Coco McAvoy of Fox 11 in Los Angeles says the area is looking at potential triple digits. A heat wave is coming to Southern California, with triple-digit temperatures expected to hit the region starting Tuesday. McAvoy says many places are setting up cooling centers, but officials are recommending that people stay indoors as much as possible. Riverside County officials are gathering their resources. The county of Riverside has coordinated a countywide effort to be able to provide cool centers to all individuals escaping the heat wave. More than 70 cooling centers in places like libraries and community centers will be open for residents in Riverside County. The centers will also have information about how to weatherize your home to make sure the AC is always running and working. As Riverside County officials recommend staying indoors as much as possible during this heat wave. McAvoy says that police are already starting to receive some heat-related calls. 
Police are already getting heat safety 911 calls ahead of the heat wave, too. On Monday in Echo Park, police were called on a report of a child in a hot car. Fortunately, family was nearby and no arrests were made. But police are urging people to keep their kids and pets safe during this heat wave that lasts through the weekend. Meantime, in Jackson, Mississippi, officials announced that the embattled city there will go without reliable drinking water for an indefinite period of time. According to reports, because of severe flooding, pumps at the main water treatment plant failed on Monday, leading to the emergency distribution of bottled water and tanker trucks for 180,000 people. City officials linked the failure of the pumps at the water treatment facility to complications from flooding of the Pearl River and years of neglect by the city. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves has declared a state of emergency due to the unprecedented flooding, saying that the city-run water treatment plant has been poorly operated and understaffed for years. Jackson, with 150,000 residents and 30,000 in surrounding communities, are still being advised if they have access to tap water, they need to boil it for three minutes. Good Morning America's Trevor Alt says that residents of Jackson in some areas have no water at all. So the governor had already declared a state of emergency here because of the flooding, and Jackson has arguably been in a water crisis for quite some time now, but this is a significant escalation. We have a drone up so you can see the water treatment facility that's the center of this problem. The main pump here is broken. It's going to take emergency maintenance to fix, but right now, as many as 180,000 residents have no drinkable water or even no water at all. Alt explains the dire situation that Jackson, Mississippi is in. This morning, people in Jackson, Mississippi are being told to expect little or no drinkable running water for an undetermined amount of time. The lieutenant governor saying the water and sewer system is at the brink of collapsing. It means the city cannot produce enough water to fight fires, to reliably flush toilets. All Jackson Public Schools now switching to virtual learning indefinitely. In some parts of the city, the fire department is finding no water in fire hydrants, instead relying on the supply on board trucks. All of our units have 500 gallons of water on it, and the guys can use that water to sustain a lot of incidents. Alt goes on to say that any water in the pipeline system is entirely untreated. The warnings come after a pump at the city's troubled water treatment facility was damaged. It was a near certainty that Jackson would fail to produce running water sometime in the next several weeks or months. Unfortunately, that failure appears to have begun. Jackson residents have already been under boil water notices since last month when water samples found harmful contaminant levels, making matters worse, flooding from the Pearl River cresting Monday just below major flood stage. You can see for yourself, River Road looks like a river this morning. This neighborhood is completely underwater. And today there will be distribution sites set up to get residents water, but it's going to take some time to get them set up and to acquire all of the bottles. Right now, officials are saying any water that's being pushed through the pipes is likely straight from the reservoir, entirely untreated. President Joe Biden is calling for a crime prevention proposal he calls the Safer America Plan. 
it would spend approximately 13 billion taxpayer dollars over the next five years. The premise of the bill is to hire and train 100,000 new police officers and then set aside 3 billion taxpayer dollars to clear court backlogs and solve lingering murder cases. You know, I call it the Safer America's plan, and both your members of Congress voted for it. It's based on a simple notion. When it comes to public safety in this nation, the answer is not defund the police. It's fund the police. Fund the police. And give them... We expect them to do everything. We expect them to be... to protect us, to be psychologists, and to be sociologists. I mean, we expect you to do everything. I'm not joking. Everything. You realize more police officers are killed dealing with domestic violence than anything else? You realize that? The point is, we ask so much of you. So much of you. I've not met a cop who likes a bad cop. There's bad in everything. Biden's plan would also set aside $15 billion for cities to promote approaches to prevent violent crime or identify nonviolent solutions and situations that warrant a public health response. Another $5 billion taxpayer dollars in the plan would be allocated to evidence-based violence prevention programs. Julia Manchester is a reporter for The Hill and joined News Nation to discuss what details are known about the bill and if it has any chance of passing in Congress. This is what Democrats are really aiming to do. And this is, of course, after 2020, when we heard so many calls from progressive Democrats to defund the police. And now I think you're getting the uh, party's establishment and the more moderate Democrats really trying to reclaim uh, that narrative and flip it on its head, if you will, and very much try to um, promote police funding, for example. We know that for months, even over a year now, Republicans have been hammering Democrats Democrats over rising crime in cities like Philadelphia, like Washington, D.C., like Chicago. So this is very much Democrats sort of trying to push back against that. We can also expect to hear President Biden talking about and calling out Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, who have talked about defunding the FBI and uh, really launched some verbal attacks on the Justice Department. I think they're very much going to he, he the president is going to tie that into his narrative as well. Manchester explains that while the Biden proposal may anger the powerful progressive wing of the Democrat Party. Many Democrats are focusing on trying to push back on the Republican narrative that all Democrats are soft on crime. It might anger the progressive wing. However, I would say that the number of progressives who have made critical comments about police and you know defunding the police, law enforcement, that kind of a thing, those voices have grown quieter. We've seen them focus on other issues as this um, idea of supporting police departments and working to um, lower crime in a number of major American cities has become a priority. So obviously, yes, I think they will be unhappy. But, you know, talking to Democrats, and those in the Democratic establishment here in Washington, a lot of them say, look, we're not as concerned about this message of defund the police anymore because it's not as strong as it used to be maybe one or two years ago. I think their priority now is really pushing back on that Republican narrative because you are are definitely going to hear Republicans uh, doing that. Looking ahead, Manchester weighs in on the chances that the Safer America plan gets through the House and Senate.
there's definitely going to be discussion and debate between Republicans and Democrats over this plan. You know, in terms of what's in it, though, we do know that Biden, for example, will be talking about um, gun control and trying to keep guns out of the hands of criminals, uh, really imposing that those gun control restrictions and laws. That might be something Republicans would push back against. They would have their own method of trying to keep guns out of the hands of crim criminals. I don't think they'd want to go the, uh, the Democratic gun control route, if you will. So definitely a long way to go. And I think there are parts of the plan that will get some Republican pushback. The mayor of the Big Easy has a big problem. New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell is calling the recall effort against her a Fox News-led propaganda campaign. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more on the political movement on this story. A recall effort against New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell is underway. On the first day, organizers say so many people showed up to sign the petition, more signature sheets had to be printed. The amount of crime in New Orleans has always been an issue with voters, but many say Cantrell's support of a young carjacker in juvenile court was the last straw. In that incident, a 14-year-old carjacked and robbed three different women. Cantrell served as a character witness for the convicted carjacker in court. In another carjacking in New Orleans that involved teenagers, a woman in her 60s was brutally killed when her arm was ripped off during a carjacking in broad daylight. It was caught in the seatbelt when the teenagers took off. Tasha Stevens reporting. Republican Senators Chuck Grassley of Iowa and Ron Johnson of Wisconsin are demanding that Facebook turn over its communications with the FBI regarding Hunter Biden's laptop. In a letter they wrote to Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, they said in part, the American people deserve to know whether the FBI use Facebook as part of their alleged plan to discredit information about Hunter Biden. Zuckerberg had recently made headlines after admitting on the Joe Rogan podcast that Facebook decreased distribution of the Hunter Biden laptop story ahead of the 2020 elections. The FBI, I think, basically came to us some some folks on our team, it was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. In what some believe is a major response to increased congressional scrutiny, Timothy Tebow an assistant special agent with the FBI, abruptly resigned. Some suggest Tebow engaged in political bias and used his position in the FBI to undermine the Hunter Biden laptop story. Grassley wrote a letter to FBI Director Chris Wray in July and said Tebow and the FBI supervisory intelligence analyst like Brian Auten were allegedly involved in a scheme to undermine derogatory information connected to Hunter Biden by falsely suggesting it was disinformation. Meanwhile, other Republican senators have also publicly scrutinized Tebow's alleged anti-Trump social media activity ahead of the 2020 election, including a retweet of a Lincoln Project message that called Donald Trump a psychologically broken, embittered, and deeply unhappy man. Ray admitted earlier this month that allegations of political bias at the hands of FBI agents, including Tebow, were, quote, deeply troubling, end quote. 
Kevin Cork of Fox News explains how the FBI is facing accusations of obstructing its own investigation into the laptop. Former FBI special agent Timothy Tebow actually resigned from his post last week after facing intense scrutiny over allegations that he helped to shield Hunter Biden and I guess by proxy Joe Biden from criminal investigations into Hunter's laptop and business dealings. The 25-year bureau veteran leaving the field office last Friday, having already been on leave for a month, after whistleblower claims that the FBI had obstructed its own investigation into the laptop. Tebow's exit, by the way, also comes as GOP lawmakers are demanding that Facebook hand over the company's communications on Hunter Biden, which have gotten a lot of attention. Cork says the Hunter Biden laptop story was really about influence peddling. GOP senators wrote in part, quote, the American people deserve to know whether the FBI used Facebook or other social media companies as part of their alleged plan to discredit information about Hunter. Now, you'll recall the Hunter Biden laptop story really wasn't so much about Hunter's lifestyle as it was about possible influence peddling and pay for play allegations involving then 2020 presidential candidate. Joe Biden. Cork goes on to say that a man who falsely claimed the laptop story was Russian disinformation has now been appointed to a position within the Biden administration. Now, this is all happening as Jeremy Bash, an ex-Intel official and TV pundit who falsely claimed that the laptop could be Russian disinformation, has been appointed to a White House board that offers... Intel advice. You probably know this too. Bash actually signed on to that now infamous pre-election letter along with 50 other Intel officials casting doubt on the authenticity of the laptop. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham says the recent revelations prove, in his opinion, there is a major double standard when it comes to Donald Trump. I'm just going to get really to the bottom of all this. Most Republicans, including me, believes when it comes to Trump, uh, there is no law. It's all about getting him. There's a double standard when it comes to Trump. What happened with Hunter Biden is that the FBI weighed in to make sure a story didn't break for the 2020 election. We now have whistleblowers at the FBI telling Senator Grassley that they were told to slow down and back off Hunter Biden. For a third straight day, stocks fell, nearly putting the summer comeback of the market in complete jeopardy. The losses began on Friday, when the S&P fell more than 3% after comments from Fed Chair Jerome Powell. The Dow and Nasdaq have both lost more than half of their gains since the middle of June, and now sit about 6% and 11% above, respectively, over their summer lows. Joe Terranova is chief market strategist with Virtus Investment Partners and says the market is simply reacting to the announcement by the Fed. Yeah, I think what happened today, Scott, is that we we lost the technicals as the leading uh, catalyst for which way the market is going to go. You had the green light in the middle of August from technicals. 
that green light quickly over the last several days since Chairman Powell's testimony. It was flashing yellow, and now you've got this red light. So it's not the technicals anymore that you're paying attention to. Now it's fundamentals, strong consumer confidence, strong jolts. It elevates, in terms of priority, Thursday's ISM manufacturing report and Friday's non-farm payrolls report. With each of those economic data releases, markets will be gauging 50 or 75, which way is the Federal Reserve going to go? The number of open jobs in the U.S. rose in July after three months of declines, a sign that employers are still urgently seeking workers despite a weakening economy and high inflation. Daybreak Insider reporter Rita Foley takes a look at the new job numbers. There are more jobs available There were more than 11 million job openings in July, up slightly from June, nearly two jobs available on average for every unemployed person. It's a sign that the demand for workers is still hot, that employers are still trying to find workers despite high inflation and slower economic growth. Fed Chair Jerome Powell and other policymakers who are fighting inflation have said they hope to reduce the number of open jobs without causing higher unemployment. But other economists say that outcome is not likely. I'm Rita Foley. Former Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev has reportedly died after a long health battle. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has more on the story behind the last leader of the Soviet Union. He was in power less than seven years, but Gorbachev unleashed a breathtaking series of changes. Mr. Gorbachev teared down this wall. It included the freeing of Eastern European nations from Russian domination and the toppling of the Berlin Wall. Years later, Gorbachev said the end of the Cold War was a moment in history for global cooperation and problem solving. The West and particularly the United States declared victory in the Cold War. Euphoria and triumphalism went to the heads of Western leaders. Gorbachev resigned in 1991. The Soviet Union later collapsed. News organizations quoted a statement saying Gorbachev died after a long illness. I'm Ed Donahue. Gorbachev will be buried at a Moscow cemetery next to his wife. Mikhail Gorbachev was 91. And finally... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Are you looking for a reason to head to your local movie theater? Well, here's your chance. A chance to see that blockbuster or small indie film you've been putting off seeing. National Cinema Day 2022 is Saturday, September 3rd. To mark the occasion, the Cinema Foundation is cutting moviegoer costs. The nonprofit arm of the National Association of Theater Owners announced a nationwide discount in more than 3,000 theaters and more than 30,000 screens. Major theaters like AMC and Regal are taking part by offering tickets that will be no more than $3 per showing. While seeing a movie isn't at the top of the list of things to do on Labor Day weekend, National Cinema Day may be what theaters need to lure customers back to watching on the big screen.
Well, you can soon score a movie ticket for just three bucks. Major chains, including AMC and Regal Cinemas, will offer the discounted tickets this Saturday, September 3rd. The Cinema Foundation announced the first ever National Cinema Day today as part of an effort to lure moviegoers back to the theaters. It says it could become an annual event based on how it does. Deals and participating theaters for National Cinema Day 2022 can be found at National Cinema Day. Org. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com